0: morning, everyone. Welcome back to Leading Off. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. With me, as always, is my producer and barbershop quartet tenor, Brendan Tuma, and you can find him on Twitter at TooMuchTuma. We had a full slate yesterday, but really not a ton to talk about. But what there was to talk about, we're going to talk about. We're going to start with my three biggest takeaways, which are Lourdes Gurriel Jr. smacking two more home runs, James Paxton throwing out a mini burly with a dreadful outing against the Blue Jays, and Trevor Bauer looking like his old self for one fine day against the Royals. Then we're going to run through some major injury news, like Giancarlo Stanton being placed on the injured list, and Eddie Rosario leaving the game against the Rays with an ankle injury. After that, we're going to play some, yeah, you can go ahead and do that, and look at some other standouts from yesterday before I tell you what to look out for in today's actions. But today is June 27th, which means you only have a couple of days to enter our June contest to win $100 in credits on TickPick. TickPick is what I use to buy all of my tickets to pretty much any event, and even with today's prices, $100 in credits goes a long way. All you need to do to be entered into the contest is leave a review for our show on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at fantasypros.com. That is it. Takes two seconds, and you can turn those bleacher tickets into box seats. Or you can turn those box seats into bleachers, whatever, I don't care. But you've only got a couple more days to enter. I am concerned that we are going to talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. every single day for the rest of the season. Coming into yesterday's game, he had slashed 336, 376, 672 since returning from the minors. And yesterday, he hit two more home runs and drove in four. He's now batting 304 on the season with 12 home runs, and all of those 12 home runs have come since he was recalled on May 24th. He has five straight multi-hit games, and he's now batting third in the Blue Jays lineup. We literally talked about him yesterday, so I'm just going to reiterate quickly that the StatCast data does not really love him. But a lot of that was because of how awful his start to the season was. Before Gurriel was sent to the minors this year, he had a hard hit rate of 21.4% that is abysmal. Since he was recalled, he has a hard hit rate of 47.1%. So yeah, I'm not ignoring him anymore. If you read my trade chart article, you'll see that he's at least present on the chart now, but his value is still very low. But that's really just because he is still available in roughly half of all leagues. Pick him up. This looks like more than just a hot streak now kind of looks to me like he might be a viable play for the rest of the season. James Paxton had a really bad day yesterday, allowing six earned runs on eight hits and four walks over four and a third innings. He struck out three. This start was particularly disappointing since Paxton was coming off two very solid starts against the White Sox and the Astros. Paxton's velocity was fine in this one, and he did have 10 swinging strikes and 18 called ones in 91 pitches. Those are not bad ratios. But he allowed three home runs in this one, the first one coming after he walked two batters. And he is walking nearly four batters per nine innings right now, well above his career mark that hovers at about two and a half per nine. That is really the biggest issue for Paxton so far. He's not allowing a ton of hard contact. His strikeout rate remains excellent. His home run per fly ball percentage is not crazy considering the environment. But you know Paxton's an injury risk even in a good year, and he's battling his knee injury. In other words, I am not really buying a rebound. Paxton should be fine so long as he's healthy, not as good as previous years because of the walk rate, but serviceable. But I do not believe he is going to figure it out and suddenly perform close to being the 13th ranked starting pitcher that he was in preseason consensus rankings and ADP. He's going to take on the Mets next where you should still start him, but lower your expectations. Trevor Bauer had a fantastic game against the Royals yesterday, and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to get all excited about it. And then the same Royals are going to light him up for like five runs in his next start. But that's his pattern, and our pattern is to talk about all of it, so let's go. Bauer allowed one run over six and two-thirds innings yesterday against the Royals. Three hits, one walk, a season-high 12 strikeouts, and 18 swinging strikes. Bauer was great. And over his last five starts, he's allowed five, one, zero, five, and one run. He has absolutely electric stuff and can be, at times, the best pitcher in baseball. But he has been inconsistent enough this year that you cannot just think that he's totally back after one or even two good starts. And one of the reasons why is that Bauer threw 127 pitches yesterday. He's thrown 115 pitchers or more in nine starts this year. Nine! The next closest are Max Scherzer and Lance Lynn with three Now I get that Bauer is purportedly indestructible, but that is just insane. And most of the time there's no reason for it because the games aren't usually that close. Now, if you were just like, nah, Dan, I'm buying back in, top five starter, then I will at least give you something to chew on for that. Bauer has alluded to being banged up this year at times, but he said yesterday that he is feeling much better now. And his fastball, which has averaged about ninety four and a half miles per hour this year, sat at ninety five and a half miles per hour yesterday. So, to the extent Bauer really is past some physical issue, then great, that does change the equation a bit. And even if not, look, Bauer has a 355 ERA and a 114 whip, and he's striking out more than 10 batters per 9 innings. There are plenty of things he could be doing better. He's walking 3.5 batters per 9, he's got a 408 FIP, a 430 XFIP, and he is allowing way too much hard contact. But he is my 12th ranked starter rest of season. My point is that I don't think Bauer is going to be what we expected him to be this season, and he is frustrating to own at times. But despite all of that, he is still a low-end ace of your fantasy staff, and I will continue to think that when he gives up seven runs to the Royals in his next start. We talked about Giancarlo Stanton and Tim Anderson leaving their games with injuries yesterday, but neither one looks particularly good. Stanton was placed on the injured list with a PCL strain in his knee. He's going to be re-evaluated in 10 days. Now, yesterday, I mentioned Dr. David Chow, who analyzes sports injuries, and here were his tweets after the Yankees released his diagnosis. Based on video, should be low-grade and no surgery, will return this season. Then Dr. Chow made a follow-up tweet. Depends on symptoms severity, but if lucky, could only be 10-day IL. 60 would be worst case. Hopefully back in a few weeks. So that is not particularly optimistic, guys. If you own Stanton, it is time to start planning long-term with the hope that he is back in a few weeks. For now, Brett Garner should see the bulk of the playing time for the Yankees. But note that Clint Frazier had played a little center field in the minors of late, so it seems like the Yankees had him in their outfield plans regardless. I'm not stashing Frazier yet, but in deeper leagues, you should keep him on your radar. Now, Tim Anderson is not yet on the injured list, but he is dealing with a right high ankle sprain. He was seen in a walking boot and was supposed to have an MRI yesterday, but the results have not yet been made public. It would be shocking if Anderson avoided the injured list, so owners need to prepare for that for next week. Note that Lurie Garcia played shortstop in Anderson's absence yesterday against the Red Sox, but Yolmer Sanchez and Jose Rondon both may see increased playing time because Joan Moncada was hit by a pitch on his knee by Chris Sale yesterday and had to leave the game. Now, Moncada stayed in the game initially after being hit. He eventually left after running the bases, where he was clearly hobbled. He's just been diagnosed with a right knee contusion, so it does not sound serious as of right now. With the day off today, hopefully Mankata will be back for Friday's game against the Twins. And hopefully Eddie Rosario will be in the lineup for that game, because he left yesterday's game with a left ankle sprain after trying to stretch a single into a double. He is day-to-day for now. This looked bad when it happened, and at the very least, he's probably going to be out of the lineup today, but hopefully he can avoid an IL stint. Williams Astudio is probably the primary beneficiary if Rosario needs to miss time. Jake Lamb returned from the injured list and went 0-4 yesterday against the Dodgers. And Cody Bellinger left yesterday's game against the Diamondbacks early with a minor bout of left knee tendonitis. Bellinger is fine, everyone take a deep breath. It was mostly because the score was out of hand, no reason to worry. Andrew Benintendi missed his second straight game yesterday with heavy legs. Benintendi gets a couple of days off here with the London series against the Yankees on tap, so he should be fine. Lorenzo Cain missed another game with his thumb injury, but he should return soon. Yandy Diaz is expected to be activated today. Mitch Hanniger admitted he tried to take his rehab a little too fast, which set him back a bit, but he is hoping to take batting practice this weekend. Noah Syndergaard is going to start Sunday against the Braves. And Mike Soroka is expected to start against the Mets on Friday, despite his forearm bruise. All right, now it's time for some, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and buy high on Mike Miner now. Miner threw a complete game against the Tigers yesterday, allowing just one earned run while striking out seven. Miner has allowed three or fewer earned runs in 12 consecutive starts. He's also gone eight or more innings five times this season, and in three of his past four starts. A 2.40 ERA, a 112 whip, and a strikeout per inning are great. You know what's better than that? Doing that over 227 and two-thirds innings, which is Miner's current pace. Innings are a market efficiency for pitchers in fantasy baseball. Guys like Miner make a huge difference. He's going to take on the Angels next. Yeah, you can probably drop Rysell Iglesias now. You do not have to drop Rysell Iglesias, but you can after he entered in the 8th inning again last night and allowed 4 runs to the Angels. When you are angry about your usage, and you want your closers roll back, giving up runs in every appearance probably is not the best way to do that. With guys like Ian Kennedy widely available, I'm just not sure why we care about Iglesias anymore. Don't spite drop him, but if you're in a roster crunch, I will not argue with you. Nor will I argue with you if you drop Matt Barnes, who blew the save yesterday by allowing 2 runs over a third of an inning there is a guy to own in the Red Sox bullpen, it is Brandon Workman, but do not feel compelled to own anyone there. Yeah, you can go ahead and pick up Gerard Dyson now. Dyson had three hits and two stolen bases yesterday against the Dodgers, and he now has 19, the most in the National League. I get it, he is not a great ball player, but he is getting on base at a 3.49 clip and is leading off most games for the Diamondbacks. And he's got five home runs, so he isn't even totally killing you there. At 10% owned, you can go ahead and add him. And you can go ahead and fully buy into David Dahl again, who homered and drove in a career high five yesterday against the Giants. He has now homered three times in his last four games, and he is finally seeing the power correction that fantasy owners have been waiting for. Go ahead and make your move. Some other notable things from yesterday. Fran Mel Reyes homered twice against the Orioles. He now has 22 homers and just 39 RBI. Fantasy owners have been expressing frustration with Reyes, and with good reason. He's batted just 217 in June with 4 home runs coming into yesterday's game. But with a guy with as prodigious power as he has, you just have to leave him in your lineup. He's likely going to put up a Barry Bonds-esque 40-homer, 80-RBI season when all is said and done. Herman Marquez really has not been great lately. Marquez allowed 3 runs, 2 earned, on 7 hits and 2 walks over 5 innings against the Giants yesterday. He earned the win, but he struck out just two. Marquez was brilliant in Dodger Stadium the last time out, but before that start, he had allowed eight, four, and seven runs. You're probably still starting him every time out, but it looks like the all-star break may be coming at a good time for Marquez, who's going to take on the Astros in his next start. Fernando Tatis Jr. stole two bases yesterday, now has 11 to go along with his nine homers and 327 batting average. The worry with young players when they need a lengthy stay on the injured list is that it gets them out of their rhythm, but that's not at all the case with Tatis, who continues to put up outstanding numbers. As does Willie Calhoun, who doubled and homered yesterday off a pretty good lefty in Matthew Boyd. Hunter Pence was originally expected to come off the injured list today, but that is not going to happen. He's still at least a few days away, it appears. But Calhoun's performance thus far really makes it difficult to take him out of the lineup regardless. So if you held him thus far, you're probably going to be rewarded. As you should be with Zach Gallen, whose final line against the Nationals yesterday does not reflect as well as he pitched. Gallon was charged with three earned runs in five innings, but his day was much better than that. All of the damage came in the sixth inning, when Gallen allowed the first three batters to reach before the bullpen let in two of the inherited runners. In the end, Gallon allowed six base runners and struck out eight. And he had 15 swinging strikes in just 91 pitches. The sky is the limit with Gallon, who's going to take on the same Nationals next. Liam Hendricks shut the door for the A's in the ninth inning yesterday in a 2-0 win over the Cardinals. There's been no update on how long Blake Trinan is expected to be out. But Hendricks, who throws really, really hard, looks like he might be the headliner for that rare situation when fantasy owners think they know who's going to take over as a closer, he does take over as a closer, and he performs well. He's just 29% owned and should be a top 15 closer while Trinan is down. And finally, I am going to say nice things about Justin Bohr, who started at first base and homered twice yesterday against the Reds. Since being recalled earlier in June, Bohr is batting 304 with 4 homers and 9 RBI in just 7 games. And yet, that's a small sample. But remember that Bohr hit 25 homers in just 108 games in 2017 with a 289 batting average. There's not much room for Bohr in the Angels' lineup. Shohei Otani, who went 3-for-3 three three last night, spends time at DH most days, and Albert Pujols remains the first baseman. But at the very least, Bohr makes a fine DFS play when he's in the lineup, and he certainly could be relevant in AL only leagues. As for today, I am going to be watching Craig Kimroll's return. Seems like a pretty good bet that he's going to find his way into the game one way or another. If he resembles anything close to the non-playoff version of himself from last year, he should be a borderline top 5 closer rest of season. And that is all for today's episode of Leading Off. I'm at Dan Harris 80, Brendan is at Too Much Tuma, and we like our fans. So feel free to reach out. Have a great day everyone. I'll talk to you tomorrow.